We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello, everybody. Today, we're going to talk about the other part that I left out in the podcast on the subspace. Today, we'll be talking about the subdrop and the aftercare. Now, as you guys have, if you probably heard my last podcast, I'll make a little uh, refresher. The subspace does help bring a sub to a natural sub high. And like a roller coaster ride, it will bring you to that top part of that ride where you feel like you're on cloud nine and it feels freaking awesome. But like everything else in life and like if a gravity, what comes up must eventually come down. Now, we all know the increase of the hormones and the chemicals it will help increase and cause a trance-like state. That can happen with a sub who's going through everything going right then. The spanking, the neck biting, yada yada. At the play ends, the submissive may feel out of body. Detached from reality. Kind of like in the movie The Matrix. They just pull that plug out the back of your head and it does not feel too good. And, well, hopefully depending on how the dom does it. He's not just yanking that thing out of your head. But you, you, you get the picture, you get the picture. At the sub system is stop producing the morphine-like drugs. And at the parasympathetic nervous system kicks in again, once again, the sub may feel tired. You know, during subspace, she might feel like she's, you know, invincible. Everything's going, like, from, you know, one to a hundred. She's going through the spanking, the whole stuff with the, uh, the bar spread and the rope, yada, yada. It's sliding through, like, no problem. She feels like she's um, invincible. But once again... Eventually, those temporary feelings will come crashing down a bit, and you know, you'll start to feel a little exhausted. Even a sharp drop in temperature, incoherence, uncoordination, uh, and this lifestyle, like I said, is called subdrop, all right, or the drop, or the takedown. Well, you know, you, you, mostly subdrop, you get a point, subdrop. Now, the drop is sometimes experienced by athletes and adventurers. It happens. It can, it can happen to tops and doms as well. It don't happen near as often, but it, it can happen for pretty much the same reasons as you know an athlete or adventurer. It even happen to people who have like a huge, high stress job or area in their life or whatever, or even having a bad situation like you know your aunt or uncle got you know fell down the stairs or your car went to a bad uh, crash or. Anything you find really stressful, really messes up and kind of call that type of, you know, in a similar situation or breaking or whatever. Sometimes they'll go through days feeling adrift and uh, rather than how they're used to feeling. It can even happen if the session or play is stopped abruptly. Drop happens, you know, it can cause a very vulnerable experience for people. It often involves exposing one's inner self in ways that doesn't happen too often. That's once again why I tell people BDSM is deeper than people realize. That kind of bond 
it can hit places that's not hit too often. And for people who are not used to being going that deep, it can be pretty scary for some. Anyway, where well, I left off that. Sometimes inexperienced doms will try to begin a play and they'll stop abruptly. And like I said, when exposing one's inner self like that and stopping abruptly and it can cause, you know, some issues or turn it a scene. And because of that, um, the sub who's in a very down state, feeling vulnerable, they let to trust a dom in such a way to let them see their inner self like that. They it hits a little bit differently. All right, you know, it's one thing, like, let's say a person met somebody and they did, like, some random one-night stand or whatever, as opposed to meeting some guy, you're being, the girl's tied up, she's blindfolded, you're getting in her head, she's hearing all kind of stuff there, and she's, you know, exposing herself in the most vulnerable ways. That is something you would try to save for someone you trust, like, you know, um, for the girl, her husband, or boyfriend or somebody you know you feel really close to let that side of yourself out that's nothing you want to try doing for one night stand type deal anyway it's a diff. it also um there's also different type of drops sometimes sometimes um people go into bdsm and they find that the part that make them extremely happy but Last thing they do upon discovering that some of them are ecstatically happy doing things which harm no one but may run contrary to a moral code handed down to them, like say a precognitive child. And let's say they haul out that moral code and examine as if following it actually does lead to happiness. It's kind of like pretty much they're doing this kind of thing and it's pretty much going against almost some people, everything they somewhat believe in. And sometimes people may feel a drop because they're mad at themselves for liking something that they grew up thinking it's crazy or wrong or whatever. I, I, yeah, I've seen that too. That can sometimes happen. Most often what people do, they try to continue what makes them happy. But mindlessly accept their code's condemnation of it. And swim, like I said, in a sea of, sea of guilt. I mean, I've seen... Oh, I said like I know one story. I seen where a girl would literally, um, she would talk about her problem with somebody to confide into a little bit here. Not trying to give out any names or anything like that. Um, talking about, let's say for example, she wanted her boyfriend to choke, you know, to choke her, you know, just light breath, you know, breath play. All right. The boyfriend was basically telling her he was scared. He didn't want to hurt her. And she would try to ask me for advice on what to help her out with her relationship. And um, personally, like I was thinking, I know when it comes to that kind of kinks, people want to let it out with people they love, but they're also scared to let them see this side of themselves and think how they're going to judge them, look down upon them, think they're crazy, freak, or whatever. And I'll try to tell us at point blank, look, if it is that bad, and you really believe that this is a part of you that you really need to have for your boyfriend or whatever in the bedroom. I say it's quite simple. If he loves you, he'll choke you. It's, 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 it's no rocket science. 
Tell how much it means to you. Tell them how to do it. You can Google it. It's, it's ways how you can do breath play. They show you technique and everything. It's not rocket science. You got to be able to believe in himself and trust you willing to go that far. Take it slow and let the chips fall where they may. Now, don't get crazy now because, like I said, it can go really bad if you don't, you don't know what the heck you're doing. I say I definitely tell him to study and make sure you know what he's going for for going for that. Like I said, you know, divulging one kinks that way is a matter of trust. And you don't want to play around with that. But anyway, but while this form of a drop of the guilt situation is usually outside of subspace and aftercare, it can be relevant to unexpected and unanticipated feelings of guilt. Perhaps sometime, maybe a day or two after play, it can combine with other aspects of the drop to leave someone feeling abandoned, off balance, or simply wondering or unsure about their worth ever after a really heavy, you know, scene like that. The majority of people can recover from play in like hours, you know, but um, some may have signs for like weeks after a very intense session, and the more extreme form of drop can have you feeling like you just had a, a really rough hangover party too hard and you know you just you're still kind of wobbly and feeling that some people even felt depressed for hours or days some just wanted to sleep it off the the, um, the BDSM community uh, tries to combat that by teaching people to you know take a slow gentle drop Instead of just dropping you out of a plane and with no parachute, they want to give you a parachute, give you some give you some tea, maybe some food to eat while you're slowly going down to the ground, you know. It's important to know how to do that. Now, how to help bring that uh, soft, nice, gentle landing back to Earth is what we're going to talk about. Good old aftercare. Now, you're probably wondering after hearing that fun, fun story about subdrop, you're probably thinking, what the heck can I do to make this a little bit easier. Well, my friend, I'm here to tell you that. Um, aftercare is very important as it helps, I guess, for new subs or even um, more veteran subs to uh, help them uh, come back down in a way where they feel safe. And uh, to be honest, a lot of people, a lot of sometimes dumb wolf, they kind of fail in that, you know? Um, they kind of feel and bringing that point home sometimes. And like I said, everybody's different. Every aftercare is different as well. For those who do try to do aftercare in like a public setting or like public dungeons or whatever, it's usually uh, recognized by giving immediate physical need for them. Sometimes putting a blanket over them in case we give them some more warmth or even some water, hugs, that does help as well. Help them sit or lie down, a little bit gentle contact. Because see, their cognitive functioning could sometimes be impaired, slow or even disjointed for a while after play. Food or drink after play can be important. I would say, as you know, I always want to keep some food and, you know, water, you know, juice, milk, anything kind of nearby. Whatever works for you, right? Same thing if you're doing this kind of play um, in private. Uh, as those things do come in handy, I would recommend for a lot of doms to keep a aftercare kit. You can kind of customize it to suit the needs of the sub you are with. Anyway, um, eating some chocolate after play is sometimes recommended for some. Everybody loves chocolate. And for me, chocolate's not my thing, but you know, 
uh, as uh, I like other foods, uh, to be honest, especially if I'm helping a sub go through aftercare. I usually try to eat myself some little bit of uh, Chinese food. I'm good to go. Um, to help me uh, chill out a bit and how to help her go through aftercare. But anyway, enough about me. Um, they can try to have a blanket, chill out a little bit, help them rest. Uh, even a little bit of sugar. I know some I know some, baby, some uh, subs do like some sugar. A little bit of candy. Some have a little bit of a sweet tooth. You never know. But it's also important to know that it's unwise to engage in um, that heavy type play, then drive way back too soon after she's still, you know, um, might be under the influence. As subspace, out of the way, it's pretty much, like I said, a natural high. And you got to really watch and be careful, see where she's at, and see if she can go some more or not, and adjust accordingly. Basically, aftercare at its most basic involves the willingness to continue being there for your play partner, your sub, your partner for life, as they want to make them feel safe, regain emotional equilibrium, and no longer feel the need to cling to you. Because like I said, well, I bring that back to that point, subspace can make a sub want to cling to you. Now, for those who like the women to cling to you, that works out fine. Of course, there are some guys who don't like that. Personally, there's nothing wrong to me having to sub cling. That's nothing wrong with that. Especially want to make her feel safe. But anyway... It's equally important to recognize it is aftercare is both important for the top and the bottom, the dominant and submissive. If either one leaves too soon, the partner may feel abandoned or feel lost for exceeding the obvious dimensions of the scene in the session. And sometimes it's good to have a, a network of kinky friends, a pack, if you will, that you can talk to or keep it hold to in case you know things get a little dicey you need an extra ear or hand to lend to you um, once again also during the transition some people find you know like I said keeping themselves close to that partner and making their own style of safety that suits them I make sure I re reiterate that again it's very important as I can see that this kind of thing is something that a lot of times in new uh, dynamics they kind of don't take too seriously or they kind of um, not go all the way in. I would say that this is definitely a subject that uh, really I wish was talked about more often sometimes. Everybody's so big about the subspace, but that sub-drop and that aftercare it can be just as intense and just as equally important. But anyway, I think I said enough tonight. I hope you guys enjoy what I had to say. And um, stay tuned for some next episodes. And we're going to go a little deeper into the world of BDSM. But for now, till next time. Now with Game Pass.
I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you have any kinky confessions or like to let out any steamy or sexy stories you want me to read, then by all means, leave a voice message or email me on the link on my bio or leave a message to me on Facebook, which is also on my podcast bio. And finally, if you want to get into rope for some bondage fun, that also is a link in my bio as well on Amazon that I think you might like. But finally, I hope you stick around because I really see this going in a way that might open your eyes a good bit. Until next time. <laughs>